Last week we started talking about faith. And it is by faith that we are saved. It is by faith we experience His forgiveness. Oh, it got quieter. By faith we experience His forgiveness. By faith we walk in His truth and His freedom. By faith, we know that 2,000 years ago, the sin that so haunted us, that had us so bound, was broken by the sacrifice on the cross. His name is Jesus. By faith, we hold on to those things. To God be the glory. And it is by faith with which we are able to connect with God's grace that abounds greater than anything we could fathom. For where sin abounds... Grace abounds more. How do you connect with that grace? His faith. By faith, we connect with that. And that grace changes us, transforms us. Oh, who wants to be changed? Who wants to be transformed? Yeah, you know, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Again, I'm just going to read it exactly like it's written in the NIV. Therefore, if any man, any person be in Christ, he is a new creature. We have to understand. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Now, here's the thing. We have to understand, for those of you who weren't here last week, that old man prior to Jesus is dead. For those of us who like to make excuses for our humanness, that's completely unbiblical. Oh, I'm not perfect because I'm only human. Ugh. It's not what the Word says. The Word says you've been made new in Christ. You've been made new. I don't feel new. Well, just scrap the feelings part. We'll deal with that in a second. You've been made new in Christ Jesus by faith. And for the rest of your life, He's making you what? New. You are a new creature. You don't have to live like the old man lived. The old way, filled with sin. You don't have to live that way. You've been made new. Stop making excuses. Oh, people don't like that. They're like, oh, Lord. Getting preached at. Well, I am a pastor, and it is preaching time, so here I am. But I want to talk about the fact, and I can't go over last week's sermon, because we'll be here then for three hours today, so I'm not going to recap that tons, but what I want you to understand is this. The old is gone, the new has come. If you are in Christ Jesus, you agree in counseling. I have a graduate degree in person. That old man could not be changed. I have a degree in counseling. I have a graduate degree in counseling. did counseling for years, still do counseling here, but I'm going to tell you what. If we are simply trying to make the old person better, it'll never work. If you're simply trying to tweak and change what's going on inside the old person, it'll never work. Because the Word says there is nothing good within the old person. But Christ said, I came to make you new, a brand new being. That's it. And if we start taking hold of, and this is where godly counsel, take hold of what the Lord says about you. And by faith, start walking it out. I am loved. I am forgiven. By His grace, I have been saved. When I falter, when I fail, His grace is there to what? Lift me up. We are always our own worst enemy. Anybody sin and then stay away from the church for a long time? Probably because probably you just thought there's no way that you could be forgiven again. 
How many remember Peter stepping out on the water? Anybody done that before? He stepped out on the water. Sometimes we, we, we say, oh, but Peter looked to the right or the left. For crying out loud, he's standing on water. He saw that break. But he looked to the right. He looked to the left. He saw the craziness going on, the storms and whatnot. And what did he do? Sunk. And this is what I love. It says Jesus immediately was there. We don't know how. I was talking to someone the other day about this. We don't know how far away Jesus was at the moment. He could have been 100 yards away. Immediately he was there, hand down, ready to do what with Peter? Lift him up. I'm going to ask you a question, though, and I want you to hear me very quickly. Who was it up to, though, of the two of those people, who was it up to whether or not he gets pulled back out of the water? It was up to Peter. We spend a lot of life with Jesus' hand right here, but a lot of life going, oh. but God, God, if you just got me out of this water and out of this storm, it would be so different. If I hadn't have been in the stupid boat anyways and been on the, the shore, it would have been different. Lord, my clothes are wet. If I just had dry clothes on, it'd be better. And Jesus says, I'm right here. Take my hand. Take my hand. I'm here. Today we're going to talk about and look at the continuation of last week by sight. And let's just recap that. Walking by faith and not by sight. And let's just recap that. It's not just walking by faith, not by sight. It's walking by faith, not by feelings. Okay? How many feelings people do we have here? I'm talking about the ones that are sopping wet when something uh, happens, you know, you cry at commercials, you know, or, you know, or, or, or just anything, you just start to sob. Come on, Denise, you just, you go without saying. I'm totally with you. <laughs> You're just a given. Denise Gaddy, everyone. She is feelings extraordinaire. She's, there they are. There they are. How many people that people have told you you wear your heart on your sleeve and you got the, the feelings there and all your feelings and always? You know what? Great. Great. That's all right. We got lots of feelings, people. Probably need a few more people willing to feel. But one of the things that we need to look at is this. Jesus was very clear about something in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. And I'm going to read it to you, but I want, I want to describe the context very quickly. Um, he is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knows he's about to be arrested. He knows the weight of the world's sin, both past, present, and future, is about to be laid upon him. He knows he's about to be separated from a father one never been separated from before. He knows he's about to take on the punishment due everyone else. And at one point he says, if you can take this cup from me, please do. But then immediately he says, but not my will be done. Your will be done. But he is he's struggling. And he says to his three closest disciples, Peter, James, and John, says, come with me, guys. Come with me for a moment. And so they head out 
uh, they, they head out, and, and he, he says to them, and we're going to just go to uh, verse 39. Um, I'm sorry, verse 38. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. This is Matthew 26, 38. To the point of death, stay here, keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. In verse 41, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation because, and here it is, the Spirit is willing but what's weak? What Jesus was dealing with is, yeah, our broken weak. What Jesus was dealing with is, yeah, our broken down flesh, of course, we get tired, we get sleepy, but even more so, how we feel is a weakness. And I'm going to tell you right now before I move on, if you base your life and your Christian walk on how you feel, you're walking very weakly. See, feelings are a gauge. Nothing wrong with feelings. God made us feel. Emotions are real. They're they're very real. But feelings are a gauge, okay? Think about a car. You're checking out the car. Do the gauges make the car move? Do the gauges decide where the car is going? But it tells you what state the car is in at the moment, correct? Gas is full. Gas is empty. Temperature is hot. Temperature is cool. Oil's high, oil's low, right? Tells you the state of things at that moment. But it is not what makes that car go or where it's going to go. Tells it where it's going to go. In fact, this is what feelings for us do. You ready? They tell us where our hope, where our belief is because they are wired into what you believe. Now, let me get a little real quick, just so you understand. What feelings do is reveal what's on your what? Feelings reveal what's on your heart, what's in your heart, what's on the, the throne of your heart, what you believe, what you believe about yourself, what you believe about God. Feelings reveal those beliefs, but feelings are not to be telling us where to go and what to do. If anything, they should reveal the areas of strengths in our lives and the areas of what? But how many of us, and please get honest, how many of us get led around by how we feel at any particular moment? All right, Jamie, come on, man. Start, start an avalanche. Get it? Yeah. Okay, I love this two rows right here. My people. That's us. I mean, let's just look at this. John Piper wrote some of these. I just, I like them. What, if, what, what, what does it look like when feelings lead the way? Well, like the disciples, when we should be watching and praying, what do we end up doing? Sleeping. You say, oh, but I'm so tired and so only human and so this and... When we should be sleeping, we feel like sitting up until 1.30 on Facebook. Teaching our children... When we should be diligently teaching our children, we would much rather watch TV or put them in front of the TV so we can do what we feel like doing. When we should be meditating on Scripture, 
(laughs) At that moment, our feelings begin to produce within us everything we can do to rearrange the room, to landscape the yard, (laughs) or deal with the political landscape of the United States. Henceforth, I stopped watching news. When we should be focusing on our work, our flesh brings up all the fears that we battle. When we should be cutting our calories, what do our feelings want? Donuts, baby. When we should be eating because we become undernourished, but because we feel like we're fat, what do we do? When we should be relishing the joy and freedom of sexual purity and fidelity, what do our feelings push us into? A momentary, temporary experience of fleshy desire. When we should be humbly resisting premature conclusions regarding a potentially offensive statement, our flesh immediately becomes what? defensive because we don't like how that made us feel. Even though the way we respond looks nothing like the new creature God has created. If we start walking like the new creature that God has created, boy, our feelings truly become the gauge that they're supposed to be and not the director that we've let them be. Who hears that right now? Okay, okay. I don't want to lose people on this sleepy, cloudy day. Let me just talk for a few moments about here, okay? Feelings will always tell us where we're at, both good or bad, but they never tell us where we're to go. And so oftentimes, because we feel like, let's just be honest, Sunday morning's a perfect example. People are laying in bed, it's cloudy, whatnot, and you feel what? Feel sleepy. Now, by faith, we trust the Lord will sustain us and strengthen us to follow through what He faith to get up, even though we know gathering. So we choose to what? We choose by faith to get up, even though we know we want to stay in bed. But many times, when we allow feelings in the pilot seat, what do we end up doing? Staying in bed. When we see that brother or sister who are struggling, those people who are struggling and just need to be loved, but we're afraid we may hurt them or make them uncomfortable, and let's be honest, we're the ones that feel uncomfortable, and it's not them. Our hearts, anybody ever had your heart just telling you, know, in your spirit, I need to go talk with that person. I need to go love that person. I need to go tell them that God loves them greatly. But your feelings tell you, And you've been directed then by your what? Your feelings. Well, let me just lay this out here regarding feelings. Remember, feelings are not bad. They just have their rightful place. Feelings are not to be number one in directing your life. Because if they are, Proverbs 28, 26 says, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. That's pretty blatant, huh? But he who walks in wisdom will be rescued. 
will be delivered. And see, this is what I love. 1 John 3 is kind of the answer to that. For whenever our heart condemns us, how many people walk around just feeling condemned by what you did and how you acted, and then you just feel guilty and blah, 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 blah. The Word says in 1 John chapter 3, very clearly, whenever our heart condemns us, we're not talking about our spirit, we're talking about our heart and the feelings. Whenever our feelings condemn us, God is bigger and He knows everything. Okay, I'm going to say it again because there's some people uh, kind of halfway sleepy here. God, when our feelings condemn us, God is bigger, and He knows everything. He's wisdom. And when I start taking hold of that wisdom, rather than what I feel like, guess what? My life is going down a, a, a path of deliverance and freedom, rather than an over and over again cycle of never-ending condemnation, never ending getting anything right. Proverbs 12 says this, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. How many know that feelings more oftentimes than not uh, are attached to anxiety and worry? How many know that in fear? How many know that? That's where they're attached many times. I didn't say all the time, but, you know, I would say a good two thoughts. How many negative thoughts a day? The other day, uh, maybe you remember, Tracy, about negative thoughts. How many negative thoughts a day? You remember? 20,000 thoughts a day than the average person has, and 80% of them are negative. Now, what are you going to do? Number one, look at, look at how that abounds, the 80% of negative thoughts. Number two, what kind of feelings are attached to those negative thoughts? And they create anxiety and worry. Is it a wonder? Is it a wonder our society, we're seeing the suicide rate up? That is just breaking my heart. How many know the story of the parable of the, of the sower when they throw in the seed out on the path? I love, there's one in Matthew, uh, in Matthew, or I'm sorry, in Mark 4, that goes on to say, the seed that was cast in the weeds, this is from the message, represents the ones who hear the kingdom news but become overwhelmed with all the worries about all the things they have to do and all the things they want to get. And that stress strangles what they heard, and nothing comes out of it. So how many people want, Jesus said, your spirit is willing, your flesh is weak. You want to serve the Lord. How many people want to serve the Lord? How many people want to believe what He says about you? How many want to believe what He says about Himself? How many want to believe those things? Come on. How many? I do. You better believe I'm standing here right now, and I do. But if I have not set a standard that I will stand on those first and not how I feel, then you know what? Nothing is going to come of my Christianity. Nothing's going to come of the Lord moving in my life. Nothing's going to come of it. That's why Proverbs 3, one of my favorite verses, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own what? Understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll make your path straight. Why is that? 1 John 4, greater is He in me 
than he that is in the world, than, than he that is telling me the lies, than he that is creating anxiety, than he that is allowing worry. We've got to lay it down. And I like this. How many know that it's God's Word above all things? Say, faith in God's Word, what He has declared. I'm not just talking about the Bible. I'm talking about His Word, what He has declared. I like this. Psalm 119, it says, forever. Everybody say forever. Forever, O Lord, Your Word is settled in heaven. Your Word is settled in heaven. I'm blessed by that. I'm going to say it again. Forever. Your Word is settled in heaven. I don't care what I feel like. It doesn't take away what the truth is. I don't care how I feel or what I, the enemy's trying to make me believe. How many have heard that Zach Williams song on the radio, Fear is a Liar? Oh, come on. I don't need to listen to this garbage. I know I feel very awkward. I know I feel like a failure. I know I feel rejected. But guess what? It's a lie. By faith, I am what God has said I am. And I'm a child of God. Now, what difference would that make in your life, if, in my life, if we truly took hold by faith instead of by feeling? What difference would that make in our lives? Oh, it wouldn't just make me feel better because I don't want it about feeling better. I want to walk in truth. I want to walk in love. You know what my greatest desire is? And I'm being honest with you. My greatest desire is that I learn to love my kids regardless and you say, oh, but you're their dad and unconditional. Come on. Little ones, know your buttons. Nobody knows your buttons like your kids. They know how to twist it, and they know just, they're professionals, man. They, they are. They know what they want, and they're good at trying to get it. And see, what do I end up doing? You know how many times a day I have to say I'm sorry? But I'm glad I do because I feel like I need to. And I'm not sorry for what I'm dealing with and how, why I'm dealing with it. I'm sorry for my response in dealing with it. And you know what? If I start taking hold of the fact that, you know what? My agenda today is not worth me allowing the enemy to have a heyday. I want love to come oozing out of me. I want to be able to love my children in a way that they don't perceive that they're just a bother. Amen? I want to love, I want to love you guys. We were having a little snafu back there before service, and somebody said, how you handle it? And I said, you know what? The thing about it is, if I respond the way my feelings want to respond, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I got to believe by faith that God can move no matter what. I used to, early on in ministry, you know, I was, I'm, I'm a musician. And I wanted to sound like the greatest band. Perfection was what ruled me when it came to music. I wanted to sound like the greatest band on earth, leading worship. <laughs> Who was that all about? And I will never forget, for about three-year cycle, and some of you might remember this, for about a three-year cycle, there'd be a period of time when I really believed the Lord desired to do something great, and so my strings would break. One or two strings would break on my guitar, so I'd have to back off the guitar and let the Lord lead, and we'd have the most powerful times of worship. 
It was unreal. So it got to a point where a string broke. Some of you be like, uh-oh, let's get ready. <laughs> His presence is here. It was like the cue. Because God was not interested in me feeling like I wanted to play good and look good and sound good. He wanted to be glorified for my good. For my good. You hearing me today? Let's talk about His Word just for a moment. Matthew 24, heaven and earth will pass away. It's coming quicker than we could realize. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will never pass away. It's settled. It's, it's solid. 1 Peter 1 says, but the Word of the Lord stands forever. Everybody say forever. And this is the Word that was proclaimed to you. Establish your mind. says, for I have said, loving faithfulness is built up forever in the heavens. You establish your faithfulness. Psalm 119 says, your Word is truth. And all your righteous judgments endure. And Isaiah 40, verse 8, very clearly says this. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the Word of God stands. And what's our Word? Forever. See, by faith, I'm taking hold of what the Word says. By faith, I'm walking it out. By faith, I'm going to let that be the motor of my car. I'm going to let that be the pilot of my car. I'm going to let that drive me down the road and take me where I need to go. My gauges tell me how things are going at the moment, but they don't tell me where I'm supposed to go, nor do they tell me how to live. They simply reveal what's going on in here. So if I'm dealing with anger with someone, and every time I see someone, I get angry, guess what? what? That's not that person's fault. That anger is revealing that I have a problem. If I'm fearful over a situation, that's not that situation's fault, that my feelings are revealing that I have a problem with fear. If I have an addiction, my feelings regarding that addiction, whether it's, and oftentimes, you ever notice with an addiction, I'm talking about whether it's food or anything else, defense it. When you know all of it, try to protect it, rationalize it. When you know all along it's wrong, feelings cannot dictate your life or mine. We've got to walk by faith. Say, so say, well, what's this look like? Well, let's just look at a verse again that's just gotten all over and up in my grill and everything else for the last while. First Peter, and this is where we're going to kind of wind it up here. First Peter chapter 5. If you could just turn there, please. And as soon as you get there, let me hear you say amen, just so I know you're there. 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. Amen? This is what the Word says. Starting in verse 6. Humble yourselves. What does it mean, humble ourselves? Well, basically it says, you know what? This is the simplest terms I know. Lord, I don't know, you do. Lord, I can't, you can. Lord, no matter how much I think I will, I won't, but you have already. Lord, your ways are better than my ways. Your agenda is better than my agenda. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I just want you to get me to where I'm just grabbing hold of you and me. So I humble myself to let you change me. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, 
that he may lift you up in due time. Let me just give you a quick example. How many people, and this is a big man thing. I'm talking about men. Men battle failure. They don't like to talk about it. Most of you won't admit it. But we battle feeling like failures at our jobs, in our families. We battle it. But our pride in trying to keep that failure from being so pressing in our lives and causing us to feel the way we do, we do everything we can and usually the wrong thing to try to escape that feeling of failure. And men struggle so greatly with that because they can't stand how it feels. And yet the Lord is saying, look, humble yourself, and I'm going to lift you up exactly where you need to be in a place you, will never ima- you could never imagine. I will heal that brokenness. I will lift you up. Humble yourself. And see, the Lord's no dummy. How many know the Lord is not a dummy? He knows that really who creates anxiety. He lies at us. But it's not Satan. <laughs> Satan throws lies at us, but how we choose to believe them creates what? Anxiety. So who creates anxiety? How many know it's unnecessary anxiety? How many knows it's absolutely unnecessary, the anxiety we walk through? It is. Because if we really took any anxiety any of us ever had and take it back to the Word by faith, it's already answered. It's already answered. But this is what the Lord says. He knows that our spirit is willing, but our what? Flesh is weak. He knows that, so He says this, humble yourselves, and I'll lift you up in due time. Cast all your what? Anxiety on Him. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second. Cast all your anxiety on Him. What anxiety? You mean all the fears? and the, No. The stuff that you did the anxieties you created, He wants you to take all those and throw them at Him. Doesn't sound very fair, does it? He didn't do it. He says, I don't care. Toss them on me. That's grace. You started this thing. You're the one that's gotten yourself so worked up in life that you actually believe this stuff about yourself, but you know what? Take it all and cast it. Just care for it. Why? Because He cares for us. In fact, He doesn't just care for us. He cares for us more than we care for us. Oh, I think I need everybody to hear that. The Lord cares for you more than you care for you. That's not based on what I see. We walk by faith, not by sight. He cares for you more than you could care for you. Do you know most of the trouble we encounter in life is because we keep trying to do it? And then we keep trying to escape the anxieties we have created. Oh, what's the old thing about eating? I hurt and I'm anxious, so I eat. Because I eat and gain weight, I get anxious. Because I'm anxious, then I eat. And because I eat and get overweight, I get anxious. And because I'm anxious, I eat. You get what I'm saying? We walk by faith, not by sight. 
We cannot allow feelings to dictate our lives. Only faith in what He has declared over you and over me. Prayer from back in the day, and this was the... So there's a great little uh, Puritan uh, prayer from back in the day, and this was the prayer. You ready for this? It's kind of King Jamesy, so you have to bear with me here, but it's short. Lord, help me to honor you by believing before I feel. Let me read that one more time. Lord, help me to honor you by believing before I feel. For great is the sin if I make feeling my reason for faith. I'm going to ask this one last time. People who have come to know Christ, and I've heard people say, I'm just not feeling Jesus anymore. Well, you've got a problem because you're going the wrong path. Stop trying to feel Jesus. By faith, know Jesus. When you get settled on that, oh, man, when His presence is around, you know it. But see, we got a lot of people sitting around trying to feel like we did when we first this and we first that. Yeah, that's nice. But that is not the directive. That is not the director. That is not the sign that Jesus is here or not here. My faith. And as I was, as I shared last week, grace will abound. Grace will be all over the place. How do I know when I'm walking by faith? Because I begin to believe what Jesus said about me regardless. I think I need to just give you one example so I know was struggling with, uh, still do at times, God's faithful, no, struggling with a physical issue here a couple years ago, and the doctor, I don't know, out of compassion or out of just whatever they do, prescribed me some medication that is iffy at best, in my opinion, but I was so sick of how I was feeling, anybody been there? So sick of how I was feeling physically that I was like, I'm taking this stuff. I resigned to it. I'm going to tell you stuff. It's on my nightstand. Well, it just so happened the week that all this went down, we had had a called time of prayer and fasting at the church. And that day I was in here to do some fasting and praying. And I'm sitting back there in the back row, uh, back pew, and I'm praying. And as clear as day, I hear the Lord say, You're not supposed to take that medication. Now, the reason I knew it was the Lord was because I got ticked. Because I had already settled I was going to feel better. See, had that been me, I would have probably. I got ticked. See, had that been me, I would have probably super spiritualized it. That's right. And walk by faith. Not how I feel. I was mad. Lord, what do you mean? Don't take it. Well, then I looked at my wife who was in here at the same time, and I said, you're not going to believe it. I feel like the Lord just said this. And she's like, I know. Well, that was kind of confirmation. Praise be to God. He has shown Himself so gracious since then. And how I've seen Him move, still been tough days, but how I've seen Him move that I can sit here and say, my God is my sustainer. And He has showed Himself in ways that I may not have seen 
if I would have done what I felt like I needed to do. It has created a lot of growth in me in that area. And this isn't about medication, folks. Don't sit around going, oh, great, he's condemning medication. I'm, not, I'm just using my example. You follow me? I'm not even talking about medicine. I'm talking about what I, I sense the Lord saying. And for you all, are you willing to listen to the Lord that way and believe by faith that He will do what He's already said do? Or are you going to let your feelings drag you all over the place? Lord, I just want to thank you right now. you got far greater things for us than we could ever fathom, ever realize. God, I want to thank you right now that we don't have to walk by, by feelings. We walk by faith. And, Lord, you just simply say, hey, humble yourself. In fact, when you told the disciples that, Jesus, you weren't even yelling at them. When you said you know, your, your, your flesh is willing or your spirit is willing or your flesh is weak, you weren't yelling at them. You just said, hey, guys, this is how it is. That's why you've got to be watching and praying. You've got to keep your eyes fixed on truth. You've got to walk by faith. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck in a cycle. Lord, I want to thank you right now that we can trust you. I want to thank you right now that we don't have to live by how we feel, but we can live by how you and what you have said about us. Wow. And standing here right now with my will and spirit, I'd much rather hear what you have to say about me than what my own feelings have to say about me. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me. Thank you, Jesus, you call me your child. Thank you, you tell me I'm forgiven. You tell me that great are your thoughts towards me that your mercies are new every morning for me, that you will never leave me nor forsake me through Christ Jesus, whose strength can be against me. I want to thank you that, Lord, I can do all things through Christ Jesus, who strengthens me. So, Lord, as I am faced, and folks here are faced with life, Father, may we by faith take hold of what it is you've declared, that we may walk by faith and not by sight and experience the newness that you've been telling us for, for centuries. We are your children, and we are being made new. The old is gone. The new has come. We are your transformed children, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for every person here. I thank you for every uh, uh, man, woman, and child in this place. I thank you, Lord, for pouring out your Spirit over them, and I thank you, Lord, for setting them free because that's what you set out to do. Jesus, thank you, Lord, that you loved us so much that you would have it that no man, no person would perish, but that all would come to life through the saving knowledge of your Son. Thank you. God, we love you, we praise you, and we adore you. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, hey, last 30 seconds, let me have you stand right where you are. And for those in Christ today, I just want you to declare before you leave this place, declare one thing you know that God has spoken over you. Through His Word, what is what, something God has spoken over you, and you take hold of that, for that is your directive, not how you feel. Amen? Go in the peace of the Lord.